0: Welcome to Live, Laugh, Talk. I'm your host, James Graham. And here again, sucking on a cough drop and sipping hot tea, hoping that you won't hear any of the horrible voices that's going on with the season change. I have to ask, like Marvin Gaye, what's going on? But anyway, it's a privilege to be in your ear today. In this episode, we will begin with the topic entitled Building Self-Confidence. Then we will transition to our segment, How Did We Get Here?, followed by our hobbies and special interest section, and then conclude with our sunflower message. Do you have something on your mind? Maybe an idea, a show idea? Please be sure to send it to admin at live, laugh, In addition, if you're listening on Spotify, you can add a voice memo as well as comments and participate in our poll. Also, wherever it is that you listen to the podcast, please follow. As you know, the shows come out on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but if you follow, you'll have those already handily available as soon as you get in the gym or your car or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. We want to make sure that you're notified when they're released. The topic that we will begin with is entitled, Building self Low self-confidence can affect life negatively. Those with it, and as many of us, find themselves with all facets of life being affected. Many have relationship issues, possibly no relationship at all due to being unable to approach those that we've developed feelings for. Others may work jobs they despise because they lack the confidence to go for what they want, whether than the job of their dreams or their self-employment, they end up with the job that they have. Sadly, this is the case for many. But what causes low self-confidence? Well, honestly, this may have various causes. It may be the result of a combination of factors. Some common causes are negative self-talk, constantly berating yourself with negative thoughts and self-criticism that can erode confidence. Experiencing repeated failures in life or setbacks can undermine your belief in your abilities. There could be a comparison to others. Continuously comparing yourself to others and feeling inadequate in comparison can lower your self-confidence. Then there are those that we receive negative feedback from. Yes, harsh criticism or negative feedback from others, especially in childhood, can have lasting effects on your self-esteem. And I know this to be a fact. I know those who have had parents that really didn't stand up for some of the things that they believed in. Thus, these individuals became adults that lacked self-confidence. And it happens with so many individuals. You know, sometimes in life, we go without positive role models. Growing up without those mentors can make it difficult for us as well to develop what we need inside of ourselves. And if we are unrealistic, I know I suffer with this, we're perfectionists, we set standards that's so high that we can't reach them ourselves, well, then that's a constant feeling of not measuring up. That will definitely lower our feelings about ourselves. And in this world we live in today, there's a lot of social anxiety which is a fear of judgment or rejection in social situations that can hinder us as well. You know, sadly, there's still a lot of negative body image talk. And what it does is it leads people with a dissatisfaction of their physical appearance. And if that happens, and people look in the mirror, and they don't like what they see. Guess what happens to their psyche? Yes, they begin to look down on themselves. Individuals who've also had traumatic experiences, abusive relationships, sexual abuse can be severely impacted by their low self-esteem. And social media. What can we say? It's enough on social media that we could talk for hours about it, how it could affect your self-esteem, your body image issues, all types of things. You see, seeing curated, idealized lives on social media platforms can make people feel inadequate. If everybody you see is having a good time, and they're going on vacation, and life is such a dream, and you are living in the The scope of reality and things just aren't the way you want them to be. A lot of that can just damage you inside. So we have to be careful. And we have to realize that people put on social media what they want you to see. They never put up the things that are just like you. No, they put up the stuff where everything's wonderful, everything's great. Life is a ball. Life's a beach. Well, that's not true of anyone. But some get sucked into this, and they believe that that's the lives of others, and they themselves are suffering. Sad, But it's so true. We have to really watch our social media intake. And around us, we have to build ourselves a network, a network of supporters, of us. Because if we don't have people around us that are our support system, or people who believe in us, that can affect us as well. We have to put those in place who are there to build us up. Not just bodies, but those who actually build us up. And if we have people around us and that's not what they're doing, Possibly they're bringing us down. Well, they've got to find the door. We've got to show it to them. And we've got to replace those ones with individuals who are going to be there in our corner. Then there's societal factors. You see, stereotypes or discriminations based on race, gender, or other factors can also play a role in self-confidence. It's important to recognize and all of this low self-esteem, all of this feeling poor about ourselves, all of this bringing ourselves down, can be improved with effort and the right strategies. But it takes time and effort, yet it's achievable. Some of the steps that we may have to take is self-awareness, understanding our strengths and our weaknesses. We all have them. We all have strengths. And let's focus on the strengths more so than the weaknesses or let's make our weaknesses our strengths. We could also set realistic goals, starting small, gradually challenging ourselves. And as far as self-talk, as far as looking at ourselves, things that we say to ourselves, let's replace self-doubt with words of affirmation. Yes, that's what's necessary, words of affirmation. Continue to take care of yourself, eat well, exercise, get enough dress, because get enough rest, I mean, because all of these things, too, affect how we feel about ourselves. If we're not getting the proper rest, we're not eating well, we're not exercising, it affects our mentality. That's where it all starts. And then the darkness begins. And you know what i found to be effective, in my case, to dress for success? An elderly lady once told me, dress how you wish to be addressed. I'll say that again. Dress how you wish to be addressed. And I found this to be helpful in my self-confidence. If I wear clothes that make me feel confident, guess what? I'm confident. And I approach the world with confidence. But if I feel bashful about what I got on, I'm not quite sure. And, ooh, mm, this doesn't fit right. Or maybe, like, I've worked in areas where I'm used to a professional setting. So I'm used to wearing professional clothes. But then I'll go help out in a certain place, or I'll work with them for a while, and everybody's dressed in casual clothes. I don't feel confident in a golf shirt and khakis. That's not my Dressing for success. That that doesn't work for me. So I have to dress the way that makes my confidence level high. And that may help you as well. You see, it may not be one thing. It may not be two things. It may be several different things that we have to do in order to build our own self-confidence, to raise our self-esteem. That's one of mine. But many of these other things that we mentioned might be yours. Another thing that we may have to do is step out of our comfort zone. Because when you stay right where you're comfortable, you you can't grow. You can't improve. So we may have to step out of our comfort zone and that could build confidence too. When we find out that we're actually good at something else, surround yourselves. Can't say it enough with supportive and positive people. Spend time with them not the ones that criticize you and bring you down. We talked before in another podcast about celebrating our achievements. When we have successes, when we have wins, no matter how small they may appear, let's celebrate those. Let's think about those more than the failures. Because it's dwelling on the failures that cause us to lose ourselves in lowliness if we feel that we cannot achieve things with with, uh, compassion to ourselves, we have to recall that all of this takes time. And we got to treat ourselves with kindness. We got to forgive our mistakes. And we've got to also recognize success. As mentioned. You know, another good thing is body language. We can practice this at home. Because I have a, a habit of slouching. So, you know, at home, I practice good posture. I make eye contact. That's another thing I suffer with is making eye contact. And use open gestures. Now I gesture largely. You see, when I talk to others, that gives off self-confidence. When I speak erect, when I look them in the eye, when I use gestures, when I bring them to me in conversation, My confidence level is high, and they look at me as a person with high self-confidence. Another thing, too, is to develop resilience, because things are going to happen in life. But let's bounce back from them. There may be setbacks. There may be failures. But we can raise up and stay erect. Let's not kick ourselves and keep ourselves. We have to remember that confidence is a journey, not a destination. It's something that we're going to have to keep working on. And we're going to see progress. We'll see progress. It'll come over time. And as mentioned, let's use what works best for us. As I mentioned, a certain, clo- certain clothing or the way that I talk, the way that I posture myself. All of these things work best for me, but whatever it is that works best for you to achieve the confidence that you need, use these. And this will aid you to move forward in life. Then, and only then, will we find our way to more confidence and then gain the things in life that we always want. The effects of pornography on a community can be complex and contentious as opinions on this very topic vary widely. Here are some of the potential effects and arguments surrounding the impact of pornography. There are actually positive arguments out there. Many argue that it's personal freedom. Some will say that adults have the right to consume pornography as a form of personal expression, freedom of choice. Many look at the economic benefits as the porn industry can contribute to local economies through production, distribution, and related businesses. And individuals can become their own porn stars with such sites as OnlyFans where they can turn on the lights and cameras themselves and make a decent living doing so. Then there are the negative arguments. There's social and relationship issues. Critics claim that excessive pornography consumption can lead to relationship problems, including unrealistic expectations and addictions. I wonder what are those unrealistic expectations? They think that life is like a porn movie? Interesting. Then there's the objectification and violence. Concerns exist about the potential for pornography to perpetuate objectification, sexism, and violence against women. Its effects on adolescents. Yes, exposure to pornography at a young age can be harmful. As it may lead to distorted views of sex, relationships, and body image. Concerns also arise about the potential for non-consensual or revenge porn, which can have severe consequences on individuals. Then there's desensitization. Desensitization, I mean. to say. Sorry about that. Yes, some argue that repeated exposure to explicit material and desensitize individuals to sexual content and lead to a need for increasingly extreme material. And there's an ongoing debate about whether pornography addiction is a genuine issue, but some believe it can lead to negative consequences, similar to that as other forms of addiction. It's important to note that the effects of pornography can vary widely depending on individual factors the type of content that's consumed, and the context in which it is used. Community attitudes, laws, and regulations surrounding pornography also play a role in shaping its impact. Research in this area continues and opinions remain just as diverse as we've mentioned at the onset. Many experts emphasize the importance of responsible consumption, age-appropriate education, and open communication to mitigate potential negative effects and promote healthy attitudes toward sexuality. Pornography is a loaded subject. Opponents argue that it can ruin marriages, lead to sexual addiction or other unhealthy behaviors, and encourage sexual aggression. Proponents claim that erotica can enhance sex lives, provide a safe recreational out, perhaps even reduce the incidence of sexual assault. After pornography was legalized in Denmark in 1969, for instance, researchers reported a corresponding decline in sexual aggression. So they say that it can be a good thing. This leaves the case wide open. But in some ways, both arguments are moot. Whether or not you think it's moral, the fact is people like porn. So I'll be honest. Porn consumption rates are at ninety-six percent among men. That's almost every man. Ninety six percent, seventy-eight percent among women. Porn is practically Ubiquitous. It's every. And the internet has made it easier than ever to get an erotic fix. The late sex researcher Alvin Cooper called this the triple A engine effect. The A's are accessibility, affordability, and anonymity provided by the web that has put adult content right at our fingers. Accessibility, affordability, and anonymity. See, anonymity is important nowadays because, see, back in the day, you had to sneak in some theater, some CD theater, or sneak in some store. You're hiding from your friends and family. You got a raincoat on and a hat trying to hide. Not anymore. You can sit in your house, watch as much as you wish. And nobody's going to know or say anything. See, many people argue that it's a good thing. In a survey conducted for the Kinsey Institute, 86% of respondents said porn can educate people. 72% said it provides a harmless outlet for fantasy. And among those who reported using pornography, 80% say they felt fine about it. But what happens in real life, outside of these surveys and these statistics? While many viewers of adult content don't seem to suffer ill effects, porn can become problematic for others. 90% of porn viewers said they had actually tried un- unsuccessfully to stop. When pornography use becomes excessive, romantic relationships can suffer. Surveyed females stated that those who perceive their boyfriend's porn use to be problematic experience lower self-esteem, poor relationship quality, and lower sexual satisfaction. But it's not always that simple. In another study, researchers surveyed heterosexual couples who are married or living together and found that men's use of porn was associated with lower sexual quality for both men and their partners. Female use of porn, however, was associated with improved sexual quality for them. And why is this? Well, in these findings, when men used porn, see, they tended to report lower levels of sexual intimacy in their real life relationships. Yet when women use porn, however, intimacy increased. The explanation? Well, men tend to view pornography solo. Women are more likely to watch it with their partners in a shared sexual experience. Also, men and women typically use different types of porn. Men are more often drawn to videos showing sexual acts absent of context. You might not even see anybody's face in these videos that men are looking at. Women, though, tend to watch couples' porn with storylines, softer angles, researchers say. When partners use porn together, they tend to watch things where both people are more equal participants in a sexual act. Although some couples seem to benefit from pornography, that's definitely not the case for everyone. When one partner uses porn at a high frequency, typically the men in the heterosexual relationships that were studied, there can be a tendency to withdraw emotionally from the relationship. Those men report increased secrecy, less intimacy, and also more depression. In addition, men have been found to develop low self-confidence that we just talked about in our prior segment. It's not clear, however, whether pornography is the proverbial chicken or the egg. Does a person turn to pornography because he's already in an unsatisfying relationship? Or does one pull away and lose interest in sex when they discover their partner is spending quality time with adult film stars? Both scenarios are probably true, and indeed the two scenarios tend to feed off of each other. If a couple goes through a dry spill, the man may watch more porn to fill the void. Some women may feel threatened or confused by that response. They often report feeling less attractive, like they could never measure up to the X-rated actresses. The result, even less sex happens in the relationship. Even more porn can see, continues to happen. And the relationship will falter. Relationships aren't the only area where compulsive porn use can be damaging. Psychologists describe reports of people losing their jobs because they could control the urge to visit adult websites at work. Thus, an addiction is formed. And 10% of Americans state that they are addicted to porn. Here are more damning statistics. 56% of divorce cases involve one party having an obsessive interest in online porn. 12% of websites on the internet are pornographic. That's approximately 25 million websites. As a matter of fact, two of the top 100 websites on the internet are porn sites. 40 million Americans regularly visit pornographic websites. 2.5 billion emails per day are pornographic. 25% of search engine requests each day are pornography related. Approximately 70 million searches per day. Now those numbers aren't staggering. It gets worse. Among our children, 93% of teen boys and 62% of teen girls are exposed to internet pornography before the age of 18. As a matter of fact, the average age a child first sees internet porn is 11. 70% of boys have spent at least 30 consecutive minutes looking at online porn on at least one occasion. 35% of boys have done this on at least 10 occasions. 83% of boys have seen group sex on the internet. 67% of children admit to cleaning their internet history to hide their online activity. Yes, parent walk into the room and they just hit the clear button so that they don't know what's going on. 79% of accidental exposures to internet porn among kids take place in the home. Only 3% of pornographic websites require age verification. Only 3%. So there's our children taking it all in. And when an adolescent compulsively views pornography, the brain chemistry can become shaped around the attitudes and situations that they're watching. Sadly, pornography paints an unrealistic picture of sexuality and relationships that can create an expectation for real-life experiences that just frankly will never be fulfilled. All of this can have unhealthy effects on the child as they grow into adulthood, possibly carrying addiction with them for the rest of their natural lives. Surely, All of this gets us to ask ourselves, how did we get here? Yoga can be a wonderful hobby. It offers numerous physical and mental benefits, such as improved flexibility, relaxation, and stress relief. Plus, it's accessible for people of all fitness levels. Some things that we want to learn about it and incorporate into our routine are the different types of yoga out there. There There's so many different types and each offers a different approach and intensity level so that you can choose one that suits your preferences. As far as equipment is concerned, Yoga typically requires minimal equipment. A mat is the primary item, but you may also want to invest in comfortable clothing and perhaps props like blocks and straps to assist with poses. You can attend in-person classes at a local studio or practice at home using online tutorials or apps. Many platforms offer classes for all skill levels so you can start as a beginner. The benefits are that regular yoga practice can improve your posture, balance, and overall core strength. It's also great for reducing stress, enhancing your mindfulness, and increasing relaxation. Joining a yoga class or community can be a great way to meet like-minded individuals and stay motivated in your practice. Also, in order to reap the benefits, we must, like any other hobby, be consistent. Because consistency is the key. Try to establish a regular practice schedule, even if it's just a few minutes a day. And, you know, yoga isn't just about physical poses. It's also about connecting your mind and body. So you want to focus on your breathing and also being present in the moment, as that's fundamental in yoga practice altogether. Set goals for ourselves as well as work in safety as well. Safety first. Pay attention to proper alignment and techniques to prevent injury. If you have any medical conditions or concerns, you want to consult with a healthcare professional before starting a new exercise routine. And you know, yoga is not just about physical postures. It also encompasses a rich philosophy that explores topics like meditation and ethical thinking, ethical living. You can delve into these aspects to enhance your understanding. Some enthusiasts even adopt aspects of the yoga lifestyle, which may include dietary changes, meditation, and a focus on kindness and compassion. As with all of the hobbies we discuss, we want to enjoy the journey. We don't want to be discouraged by initial difficulties or limitations. Yoga is a lifelong practice, and progress often comes gradually over time. Embrace the journey and the self-discovery that it offers. Remember that it's a versatile hobby that can be adapted to your preferences and needs. Whether you're seeking physical fitness, mental tranquility, or a combination of both, yoga has something to offer. In addition, we want to make sure that we listen to our bodies and progress at our own pace. Enjoy the process, people, and the many benefits that it can bring into your life. Our sunflower message is a poem. In the garden of life where moments bloom, happiness resides chasing away the gloom. A gentle breeze of laughter fills the air, washing away trouble with tender care. It's found in a smile, warm and bright, in the embrace of loved ones holding tight. And the sunrise is promised a brand new day and in the quiet moments when worries fade away. Happiness is a melody, a song in your heart, a work of art, a masterpiece, a fresh start. It's in the simple joys often overlooked, in the pages of a book, in the friends you book. So seek it, not in distant lands or skies, but within yourself where this true happiness lies. In gratitude and kindness, love and grace, find your joy in life's embrace. On Cash App, dollar sign, Love Laugh Talk, Twitter at Love Laugh Talker, and on Spotify at the dollar sign, please donate to the podcast. There are expenses that come about and your donations continue to aid in it. They are really appreciated. Also, remember to go onto to Etsy.com and look at How Did We Get Here? There you will find t-shirts, as well as coffee mugs and tote bags. I tell you, they're wonderful. They're beautiful on the page, even more beautiful in person. You would definitely love to wear them. And they'll be talking pieces. You see, when somebody sees that coffee mug or that tote bag or that T-shirt, they're going to ask you, well, what is how did we get here? What is live, laugh, talk? And there you could tell others about the podcast, and we need that. We want to make sure that you're telling your friends, your family, your coworkers, your colleagues, any and everybody who will listen. There's always that one person in the office who knows about podcasts, right? Might as well be you. In addition, when you listen on your podcast platform and tell all your friends, no matter what platform that is, we're on every one of them, make sure that you rate us the highest for that platform. Give us the highest score. We work so very hard for it, and we hope that you continue to enjoy each and every show. This is James and George's baby boy. Signing off, and as you know, I can't wait to talk with you again soon.